always looking at top line and everywhere, even at every event we go to, you know, you still hear top line revenue. Who cares? We have to start thinking about bottom line, like the profit. And uh, what you just said is. Hey everyone, it's Norm Ferrara, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Amazon truth bombs, what sellers need to hear. We're also going to be talking about the art and science of pricing on Amazon. We're going to be going over the Amazon truth bombs for sellers and the rise of the Amazon algorithmic brand. So welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right. Like I just said, we're going to be discussing Amazon truth bombs and what need, what sellers need to hear. Our guest is a founder of Think Crucial and co-founded Scubana and The Prosper Show. He leads Prophecies Operations and oversees its strategies. He often speaks about a, uh, e-commerce, Amazon, and leveraging AI strategies on webinars and conferences worldwide. He's also the author of Amazon's bestseller, Cheaper, Easier, Direct, and a father, husband, and I know this for a fact, he loves coffee and tacos. Anyways, my friend Chad Rubin will be joined in two seconds, just a first, first a word from our sponsor. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show. Taco, taco coffee loving guy, Chad Rubin. Hey, Norm. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. I can't believe it's been so long and you haven't been on the podcast once. I mean, you're one of the, the most knowledgeable guys in the industry. And, uh, you know, I, I try to figure out uh, where, what was the first time? And I know where the first time was. Actually, you don't remember probably, but you were doing uh, your spiel over at the very first Prosper show. And I was one of those guys that kind of walked up in awe what you were doing, asked you a couple questions, and then uh, got to meet you a little bit later at your uh, event in New York. Nice. Uh, yeah, those were the good old days, I guess. Huh? I, I guess they were. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly the, good, certainly the good old days on Amazon, just like Amazon has oh. matured and evolved and changed dramatically, but also there's been a ton of margin compression that's happened. I, I can't believe some of the things that Amazon's doing, like the uh, long-term strategy or long-term fees right now, mm -hmm. how high they're going to go up. And yeah, you're right. There's, there's a lot of uh, things that are compressing that margin. And if you're not doing it right, um, you definitely won't be able to compete. Uh, anyways, Chad, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing? You're, you've got your hands in a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I've been in e-com, as you know, for um, 15 years. Uh, my intention is really to make the industry better than how I found it, and I think we're doing that. I've been doing that for a while. So I have an e-com business, Prosper Show, which is no longer at least uh, owned by me and three others, uh, Stubana, which is also acquired in 21, and then I started Prophecy, Let's see. I sold Stuban in April of 21. I started Prophecy in December of 21 after staring at a tree. And what Prophecy does is we are dynamically changing pricing to optimize for profit without sacrificing competitive positioning. And we're using AI. We're an AI first company. We're using AI to actually consume and chew on all the signals in the model and optimize for the outcome. In this case, is the profit 
maximize your ASINs. And we only work with private label brands, by the way. Okay. So you're into the AI thing. Everything has been uh, chat GPT. That's all I've been hearing about. It's all the rage. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, your AI company? Sure. Uh, so firstly, ChatGPT just made AI mainstream, right? With their prompt, which is amazing, by the way. It's a great, great technology and a great tool. I use it often. I've embedded AI throughout my entire company in many different uh, facets. So what we do is we essentially have built a model. We consume all this information. So we consume your price, your inventory, your BSR, your inventory, your reviews, the recency of review, reviews. Then we go out with AI and we go and find your competitors. We pull those into the model. The same thing, BSR, price, inventory, reviews, you name it, all flows in. And essentially the model observes, it learns, it experiments, and it's creating its own if-then statements to optimize for the outcome that we want to achieve, which is profit maximization. So there's a lot there, right? Like why work on pricing? Uh, on Amazon, pricing is very unique because pricing isn't just about going up. Pricing is also about going down. There's something called a knock-on effect. Your price today affects your orders tomorrow. It affects your ranking tomorrow. So our model is learning in real time all those inputs. It's working faster than what we can, when you can do independently, right? There's too many signals for a human to chew on and consume. It's cheaper than us. And it makes a lot less mistakes. Is it um, for a beginner, medium, advanced seller? Yeah, so we start at doing about a half a million dollars in revenue and all the way up. So we work with ASINs that are selling at least four velocity a day or more, right? And you're more in the harvest, op you're, you're in the harvest phase of your product. Right. You're on page one. You could be selling a garlic press and it's $13.99. You're like, wait a minute, should, I, should it be $13.99? Maybe the optimal price today should be $13.99, but tomorrow it's $14.25. So the model is making those decisions and it's like hitting the yes button. So okay. uh, you're putting your min price, your max price, and your landed cost, and then we do the rest. Very interesting. Well, let's get going on the topic of the today. And, uh, you know, talking about these truth bombs and what sellers need to hear. Uh, I guess the first question I have for you is let's talk about the art and science of uh, pricing on Amazon, which we just started to talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just talk about the genesis of it first. So I started Prophecy because essentially I've always used my econ business to incubate problems that I had in my own life. So I started Stubana. The problem was there was no cross-channel inventory management system that actually would deliver. Prosper Show, at the time, there was no community, right? And so with Prophecy, I was experiencing some problems in my own business. And so to, to, to be honest and transparent here on the call, like something was off. So revenue, profit was declining. I cut expenses. I trimmed the fat. Operating margins are still shrinking. I wasn't driving listing uh, listings uh, and converting listings profitably and inflation was soaring. Things were just getting too darn expensive. So um, that was like the, the genesis of coming up with this idea because most co companies on Amazon brands specifically aren't changing price. Everybody is optimizing for PPC spend and uh, like you would, you would never leave $10,000 of PPC spend unoptimized. And so the question is like, well, why aren't people changing price? And if price is the biggest lever to the bottom line, what if there's actually value leakage that's happening on Amazon? What if you're leaving a ton of money on the table and it turns out I was right and people are leaving a lot of money on the table? Mm. So, so that's like sort of the genesis of how it started. And by the way, it's not just me that's going through this problem in 21 and 22. I mean, you see what happened with the aggregators alone. They printed $15 billion and then they started making layoffs and halting their acquisitions. And so that's really when I turned to AI. I was like, okay, how do we take all this data on Amazon and how do we leverage it in a way to make decisions for ourselves, right? And essentially using the data and taking my company to new heights and doing that for other people. And that's really the rise of the algorithm that I noticed happening a year, at least almost over a year ago. You're always on the cutting edge. I, I try to be, you know, a lot of people were really into NFTs back in 21 and uh, Bitcoin, and it just didn't, 
sure I invested in it. Great. But it like didn't really capture me. It, I wasn't like smitten with it. So uh, I, I don't know. I just really became into AI and saw the writing on the wall that this was bound to happen very soon. Well, and, and this should go out to the listeners. So if you have questions about AI, I'm kind of curious. Are you using it? What are you doing with it? Uh, just throw us some comments. Or if you have any questions for Chad, just let me uh, let me know. Chad, how difficult is it to understand uh, AI and creating these APIs? Uh, I, and I'm just kind of curious. I know we're going down a different rabbit hole here. But again, this is the rage right now. Yeah. No, I don't mind going through it at all. I'm, I'm, I love AI and I'm happy to share where I think it's going to be disruptive on Amazon. It would be content. It's going to be pricing. It's going to be PPC spend and it's going to be forecasting and demand planning. Those are really the four areas that I see it as leverage. Um, where I'm using it in my own life outside of Amazon would be <clears throat> if I'm writing an email and I want to improve my email quality, I'll create prompts around that. I, will, um, I use something called LEAI. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I have no affiliation with it, but essentially it's a Chrome extension that I use, which connects the ChatGPT to create responses and at least creates an email that's like 70% done for me in my inbox and I use Gmail. So, I mean, I'm very, very involved in reading about AI, trying to use it to make old processes in my life extinct and to essentially maximize use it as leverage to actually get more things done. All right. So, yeah, I, I'm trying to do the same too uh, and just try to find new companies. Uh, I don't know. We had um, uh, Chakraman, the uh, founder of Pictory, and I, I don't know if you know Pictory, but it's a, a video-based uh, AI system. It's pretty cool. And just seeing where everything is going and the courses. So, uh, you know, I, every day I'm getting a new course out there. Everybody's jumping on this bandwagon. You know, I don't know if they're good courses or bad courses. but yeah. um, And just understanding the prompts. So this is something that I, I think the listeners should know is that when you're talking about prompts, this is just a... a a set of rules. Like you can just type something very basic into ChatGPT and you'll get a very basic answer. You'll think it's great. But when you use a prompt, it's actually telling ChatGPT a series of, you know, what to look for to make it more of an advanced um, response. So, and if you're interested in, in prompts, we're not going to get into it right now, but you could just uh, search ChatGPT prompts on the internet and you'll come up with a ton of different sources. I don't know if you have uh, any thoughts on that or uh, a place to go for prompts. Yeah. So I, first of all, I just recently posted, it went viral. I posted like a list of my top 10 Amazon prompts on LinkedIn. I can oh. share it. I can share it here in the, um, let me see real quick. I'll just share it in the chat for everybody so they can see it. It's free, mm -hmm. right? It's what I'm using internally in my own business. And I think they're super helpful. So that's something that would benefit the audience here. I'll just post it here in the chat for everybody. Hopefully everyone can see it. Uh, but prompt engineering is essentially probably the, the core of ChatGPT, right? What you put in is what you put out. It's like going to the gym, right? Or, well, I, I look at ChatGPT like going to the gym, not going to the spa, right? Because you have to be an active participant and put in the work. Right. So... Uh, prompt crafting and engineering is very, very, very important. And you'll get different responses based on the prompts that you engineer into the chat, into the chat GBT prompt box. So that's my, that's my take on it. I love the fact you can train it. I don't think a lot of people know that is that every tab on the left of chat GBT is a thread and those threads, if you leave them as is are trainable. So everything that you add is compounding and it gets smarter as you add more information into the thread. Um, yes, I heard about that. Uh, I've got a question for you. Sometimes when I'm using it and it'll come back and I'll like, I'll type a very descriptive, um, uh, a, a description I'll hit it, but what it ends up happening is it just takes my information and it just kind of spits it out in a different way instead of going deeper into it. So if I'm saying that, um, uh, I don't know, this is, a natural mouthwash that has 7% uh, pH. And I'll say, uh, use 
these benefits and I'll name the benefits, but it, it, it won't go deeper into it. And I'll ask it to take the benefits and expand. Um, and then it just kind of spits out the, the three benefits that I've used or the 7% or, or seven, yeah, seven pH balance. It just spits back the information that I've already given it. Have you ever seen that? No, I don't, I don't know the prompts you're writing though. That's probably, yeah, that's probably where I would begin. And also it's what you're putting. It's not just the prompt, but also what else are you feeding it? Right. So you could, I don't, you know, the listing that whatever, let's just say we're talking about an Amazon listing for now. Mm -hmm. um, you're putting in some maybe bullets or uh, description and it's giving you back to the same thing. Maybe you want to export 50 reviews from, I don't know, Helium 10 is an example and upload that as information where then it'll actually mine that those reviews and give you some like, you just say, hey, take the negative objections that this customer has and you can create po positive benefit bullet points or short descriptions on Amazon, right? That's just, so you're feeding it more, right? Right, right. Or another, another approach, right? So you, and again, different things you feed it, give it, you get deep inside the target market. So you take that same product and you say, hey, um, write a first person account of what it feels like to be struggling with this product problem and then overcoming it with the solution that your product solves and put that as a prompt in. And then you'll get it. You, now you're starting to really train the thread and you'll get far better responses based on what I've experienced. And that's really important. What you just said, it trains the thread. I know you mentioned it before, but it'll take that information and it'll expand and learn from that. Correct? Correct. So many things. You know, I hear people say that, oh, uh, AI is going to change our world in the next two years. It's going to change our world in the next few months. Like this I is like going so quick. Mm -hmm. We're in the first inning. I actually just talked to a friend last night. He lives, uh, just on an island off the coast of Vancouver. And he shared with me that his wife, who's a longtime writer, is having a hard time getting a job. And I said, mm. well, why? What's going on? And she said, well, ChatGPT." And I was like, wow, that was like the first time in my you know, first degree of separation that somebody said, hey, like my job is becoming, is being rendered irrelevant because of this new technology. I can go one step further on that. So, you know, I have a content company. Those writers are now, uh, so what I've got is a, uh, I also have a domain brokerage. So the writers are pretty much extinct. The good ones are now editors. We have researchers going out there, finding the content to populate. And now we're taking the content and we're just populating tons of really well-written content edited by some of the writers, but we've probably laid off three quarters of the staff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Um, look, I think that's that's technology, right? And I think, I don't think that like a marketer's job or content writer's job is going to go away. I think writers or content people or marketers that don't leverage AI will be rendered irrelevant. And if they don't understand the prompt engineering, it's just, you can have what you think and, uh, you, you know, you take a look at these really great marketers. This shouldn't happen. But what looks okay, oh, I got to post this. It looks great. Look what it spit out. And what is a really great piece of marketing material or mm -hmm. collateral? Uh, it's two different things. So if you don't understand that prompt engineering, yeah, it, you're yeah. just going to go into this void of being average. The thing about... Like on my like, I post on LinkedIn. I try to make it a daily routine where I'm posting value uh, or growth-minded, some sort of tactic on a daily basis. And I just have not been able to get ChatGPT. It's it's definitely a support for me, but yeah. I haven't been able to get it to write it for me. Like it's missing a little bit of soul. And it's almost like you know, your norm, right? And like lunch with Norm has soul, and like something that just can't be replicated. Uh, I haven't been able to to replicate myself using ChatGPT to, to create posts and to think like me just yet. And I, I'm not saying we'll never get there. We will get there. We're just not there yet. Elon Musk is working on that. 
<laughs> and um, the other thing I want to say is about you, you know, your layoff with your content business, I would encourage everyone to, to go talk to their employees and to actually educate them on ChatGPT. Just like you'd be surprised how many people don't know that this exists and ask them to go out and see how they can replace themselves with, with AI. Not because you're going to fire them, okay? But if you can actually get more time in the day with them and they can work on higher impact activities and become more efficient, right? You're essentially, you know, your your revenue to employee ratio, right, will change dramatically. Your profit to to, to employee ratio will change dramatically and you'll have a great you know, return on that investment. Right. So just like, even with Kelsey, we were talking about, well, we can get rid of him anytime. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we talked about this the other day. Let's take some of our employees and where can we get the most out of it? And that's research. You know, let's research, let's research the content. And that, you know, if we, if somebody has that and it wants to do that, well, we could definitely point them in the right way. Same thing, like exactly what you're saying, Chad, it's working with strengths. You know, what are your strengths and how can you improve the company? So anyways, this is, um, it's amazing. And probably, uh, I hope it doesn't take another two and a half years, but I would love for you to come back on and we could just have a podcast on AI. I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah, we would love to. I mean, I'm, I think I shared LEAI. Uh, I've been playing with mid journey. Uh, there's something called character AI, which is really fascinating. They've trained models around personas hmm. and you can go in and you can message Joe Biden. Now you're not talking to Joe Biden. It's a, so they've essentially trained the model to speak like Joe Biden, and it is near perfect. They did the same thing with Elon Musk on character AI. It's near perfect. Uh, that's that's actually kind of scary. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine the PR I mean, outrage that could happen if you take you know something like that? Have you know President Biden or whoever just say the absolute wrong thing? Well, don't worry. Don't worry. There's going to be deep fakes that'll that'll be doing that for sure. Right? They've already gotten the text down, right? And the, like the sort of style of the person speaking. They have images, and then you need to just now get audio, and you know, oh. then that's really going to start the deep fake revolution. Oh my gosh, we're already there. But um, Kelsey, make sure you you copy uh, Chad's LinkedIn thing for me as well. I want to I want to check out those prompts. Okay, so what time is it? Wow, we're already at the bottom of the hour. Okay, so went down a couple of different rabbit holes here, uh, but I love it, and I hope you, the listeners, love it. If you have any questions about AI, just let us know. Um, hopefully, we can help you out. But today, uh, if you if you're new to the podcast, every podcast we do what's called uh, or lunch with Norm, Wheel of Kelsey. And this is a giveaway that we give away every podcast. And if you want to have a second entry, all you need to do is tag two people. You get a second entry. So if you're interested, um, uh, just hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people. You get a second entry. Chad, what's the uh, giveaway today? So the giveaway is a prophecy. We work with private label brands. So we need to make sure it's a private label brand and that you're selling at least a four velocity a day or more, of course. And so the giveaway is a month of model training. So just an interesting anecdote. If you go on Facebook or Instagram and you had no followers and no connections and no likes, no dwell time, the, the, the company, Instagram, wouldn't know what to serve you. What's gonna hit your dopamine? And in that same vein, at Prophecy, if you didn't never made price changes, there's nothing to chew on. There's nothing for the model to observe, to learn and to grow from and to improve on. So in the first month, we train the model around your data, which becomes a massive competitive advantage. We call it the hyper learning phase. And that month is free. So I'm offering that as the giveaway today, where we will train a model around your data so you can push the optimal price, the pro most profitable price to the channel and do that on a daily basis. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so hashtag Wheel of Kelsey or uh, tag two people and you'll get a second entry at that. What a great option or what a great giveaway. All right, Kels, hit the button and let's go to a sponsor. Launching products isn't like it used to be. 
To successfully launch your product, you need to hit that algorithm from all sides. Driving external sales, boosting social signals, and increasing product listing engagement are fundamental to success. Rebate is the first and only launch platform that delivers across this broad range. Get your product featured on Amazon.live through Rebate's Influencer Program. With this service, your product gets instant exposure to large audiences of shoppers and permanent placement on Amazon Influencer Storefront, which drives perpetual sales. Run a sweepstakes campaign on Rebate and connect with shoppers off Amazon. And lastly, drive external sales with tried and true deals campaigns. Visit Rebate.com today and get started with your 14-day free trial. You know, one of the things that drives me crazy uh, is making mistakes in a video. And you're, you know, you're 10 o'clock at night and you're doing content. You're doing a lot of ums, so's, likes, nows. You dyslexic, you know, it, it, it kind of kicks in. You're saying words backwards. It's so easy now to change all that. You know, with one one click of a button, you can get rid of all those stupid filler words. You can switch around, you know, how you're saying it, and it doesn't even look like there's an edit in your video. What do you, yeah, what do you use for that? That's great. Uh, awesome program called uh, Pictory. Pictory, okay. Yeah, and one click, if you're doing an um, ah, uh, now, then, whatever, um, boom, if, you want to, uh, let's say you're, you're doing a, a webinar and you want to pick out certain, um, uh, let's say there's three benefits of, five of this, five of whatever. You could take those snippets, highlight them, and it'll automatically turn it into a snippet for YouTube, vertical, horizontal, square. It will take this whole podcast that we're doing today, it's going to summarize it. So we can do a two-minute or three-minute uh, summary of our podcast. And we're not touching cool. it. That's it awesome. just does it. Yeah, I so, love it. I just, I just make a note of it. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, great guy. He was just on our podcast last week. And um, anyways, we started to use it. And uh, we're using it like daily now for everything that we're doing. Okay, where should we go from this? Should we skip over and start talking about, uh, oh, let's see. Amazon truth bombs. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You want to start or? Yeah, I'm just going to throw it over to you. What are some uh, Amazon truth yeah. bombs? So I, so, I mean, I, I started this interesting LinkedIn post. Uh, I don't know. I want to say maybe a couple of weeks ago and I encourage other people to put truth bombs, but I started, right. So I wanted to model the behavior that I wanted other people to just vulnerably share. And so one of those truth bombs, in my opinion, is that, Everyone right now is, first of all, the one truth bond that we started the show is everyone's managing PPC spend. PPC spend, if you look at ACOS, what is ACOS? ACOS is the cost of average, the average cost of the sale. And you have your spend relative to your revenue. And we're only touching on one part of the equation, right? When you're managing ACOS and that is your spend. So one truth bomb is like, firstly, people it's incomplete. It's like having a peanut butter sandwich without jelly. Right? You need to have oh both of them together to make it unbelievably delicious. Right. right? <laughs> I don't know what it's like in, in Canada, if that's your preferred sandwich. Maybe it's a different sandwich. It's ice cubes with peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So, um, so one is like people are just not completing the whole equation. Right. In fact, ACOS in general is just a part of the story. It's not the whole story. And I believe that people should re be replacing even like return on ad spend should be replaced with profit on ad spend. Anytime you see revenue in something, it's, and, I, and I'm unsure why it's there. The only thing I can hypothesize as to why everyone's managing to ACOS is it's just easier for the agency and it's easier for the software company because they don't actually have your landed cost and they don't have your inventory. So it's just like a proxy of getting to what your margin profile is. So to sum it up, right, it's just, not the whole story it's part of the story and it's a gospel metric that to me over time will be rendered irrelevant especially as now amazon brands start to focus on profitable growth profitable revenue growth not just growing at, at any cost but growing at the lowest cost profitably 
Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head because so many people, uh, they were always looking at top line and everywhere, even at every event we go to, you, know, you still hear top line revenue. Who cares? We have to start thinking about bottom line, like the profit. And uh, what you just said is is bang on. Okay, so next I mean, I, I, I can keep going, right? I've got yeah, yeah, many, I want right? you to. I got a half hour. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, look, I think that controversially, right? There's a, there's a polarization that happens between what an agency wants and what an Amazon brand wants, right? Okay. So an Amazon brand, what do we want? We want somebody who's going to work out their butt off and help us maximize our profit, right? What does an agency want? An agency typically, I'm not saying all agencies, but most agencies, right? They want to minimize time spent on a client, scale that client base so they have a bigger book of business, and they want to take a percentage of your ad spent, which is, to me, uh, contradictory because like there's no reason for you to be taking my ad spend, right? I don't, and it also incentivizes the wrong behavior when you're taking a percentage of ad spend because you're encouraging me to spend more money so that you can make more dollars off that, off those dollars. So that's an interesting thought that's come across my, you know, shower thought that's happened with me recently. Um, So how do you make that a performance base? If I was going to go to a PPC agency and they're, they're giving you, you're charging a percentage of ad spend. What would I come back with and say, all right, how can we make this more fair or uh, performance based? Well, they would probably say, okay, we'll just take a percentage of your PPC revenue. Right. And I, I, there is no, I mean, you're asking somebody to change their business model, right? Change mm-hmm. how they charge, the economy, the economics of how they charge. And that's a really hard, it's a hard thing to change. It's like going into a, into a marriage or a relationship and being like, hey, you're 34 years old, we're dating, but you need to become a different person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy to actually have somebody evolve like that. Right, right. Okay. So I, I don't have an answer. I don't, do you have an answer? I'm, I'm curious your well, perspective on it. The I know uh, we used to have uh, sponsored profit uh, uh, come on to the uh, podcast, and they talked about performance based, and what they do is it's a percentage of revenue. The the more that we make for you, um, the more we make. Yeah, and look, some people are okay with that model, right? Yeah. I'm I would say that I'm a frugal, self made, right? I, I have a PhD. I, I grew up poor and hungry and I'm really driven and I have a hard time agreeing with those economics. That's just my own perspective and it's who I am and some people are willing to just certainly not. And I think that there needs to be a shift in the way that people are looking at their business from a, from a North Star metrics, like I shared around mm-hmm. ACOS. And I think there's a shift around the people that you want to surround yourself with in your business to make sure that your incentives are aligned appropriately. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, what else, Tim? What other truth bombs? Um, I think uh, there's a misnomer in our space around like you just you just launch a product and it's immediately a hit or it's a home run. And I can tell you I have 550 SKUs and Pareto principle remains intact for every single one of them, right? 80% of my revenue, 80% of my profit comes from 20% of my SKUs. And um, you look at, Babe Ruth had a, I think he had like an 11% home run hit rate. Everyone thinks he's like, you know, always hit a home run, but it was 11% of his at-bats mm. he had a home run. I think that's very similar in the Amazon world. Uh, if you look at Rihanna, uh, 20% of her songs are hits, right? Not all of them are hits. Uh, and so I think this is just, you can replicate it in other industries and uh, it applies to to Amazon. Okay. Well, what about uh, the changes brought by the rise of the Amazon algorithmic brand? Mm. So I, so if you look at what happened on Wall Street uh, in the early 2000s, about mm-hmm. 10% of Wall Street was uh, driven by the algorithms, by black box algorithms. You fast forward to 2020 and it was over 70%. I believe... It is my belief that on Amazon, it's going to be no different. Mm. These, are, these are commodities, very similar to Wall Street. Uh, and I believe that most of those, the things I've shared with you, which is 
price, PPC spend, forecasting are going to be automated using AI. Um, and brands will be working on how do they make a deeper connection with their audience, like a one-to-one -one connection, which AI can't, at least in today's infancy of the technology, cannot do. So the algorithmic brand is happening. If you look at not just what Prophecy is up to, but you look at aggregators, you look at their layoffs, and you look at their uh, job posts that they made. If you go on Wayback Machine, you can see what jobs they were recruiting for. At least 70% of the, their jobs were all based on AI. Mm. So there's a massive shift happening behind the scenes. And AI is already disrupted. Like all the big tech companies have had AI for a long time, right? Uber, Lyft, hedge funds, Expedia, Kayak, hotel brands. It's just, it hasn't demo been democratized to the place where uh, Amazon brands, smaller brands can leverage it. That's why aggregators, you know, they have a big budget. They have a lot of money. They raise a lot of money and they can afford these things. And so, I mean, our role at Prophecy is we're, we want to essentially offer this to every Amazon brand that's out there. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think that's where it's going to go, right? Like right now it's probably 0.01% of Amazon is algorithms. Like you have a few chat GBT quote unquote softwares popping up, but if everyone's just building the same prompts, change, you know, change your titles, put in these keywords, these are the long tail keywords you haven't invested in go put these into your bullets. Like everyone, if everyone's already doing that, like there's not really an edge up in my opinion, which is why I believe it's really around the PPC side. It's around the pricing side. It's around forecasting and demand planning. That's really going to be the big value add. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I was thinking about this the other day. So you're starting to see a lot of these, uh, uh, a lot of companies coming up uh, with AI. What happens when everybody's using and getting their listings written by these companies. Now, I mean, we're out of the gate right now. I take advantage of some of these companies. They look pretty, you know, good. And um, I can't see anything going wrong. But a year from now, and all of a sudden, everybody else is doing this. You have to have a differentiator. And I think what you're talking about is bang on. Thanks, Norm. Yeah, I think like ChatGPT is just like a small feature, but at the end of the day, it's all about how your prompts are crafted. And so if everyone's like, hey, make this title more compelling, take these keywords and add them into, take these long tail keywords and add them into my short description on Amazon, to me, okay, it's one and done, great. Other people are gonna probably do the same thing. Now everyone has those long, -term, long tail keywords. Okay, like what now? Right. Okay, last question from me, then we'll get into the questions from the audience. You had a successful, a very successful company called Scubana, but I'm kind of curious about what were the mistakes and the learning lessons from uh, Scubana? Oof, that's a, that's a pressure question, Norm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Scubana... So interesting, like I started Shibana in 2015. And so up to the day we sold, it's uh, roughly 2,040 days, but who's counting? It's a lot of days. It's a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. Uh, we had a beautiful exit. It was eight figure exit. Yeah. Uh, firstly, I raised money from friends and family. That was a big one. Uh, I had, I learned, you know, I was younger back then. And, but like I learned, I made a lot of costly mistakes in the process. Uh, and actually building Prophecy, I made a list of a, a framework around what are those mistakes and what are those mistakes I don't want to make again. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is I'm making all new mistakes. <laughs> you can't escape making mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of those mistakes hurt people un uh, unintentionally. Right. right? But, uh, and it could be employees, it could be business partner stuff, investor stuff, like so much hair is always on a deal. So, I mean, I can share with you some things, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say one is I, so Stubana was an operations platform. So we made, we did orders inventory 
and analytics for Amazon brands that also happened to sell multiple channels. Even towards the end, actually, it was mostly we were focusing on Shopify Plus brands that happened to sell on Amazon and Sephora and Target. That was like our main ideal client profile, which is probably how like we sort of stopped overlapping to degree, a degree, right, Norm? Uh, because I sort of sort of expanded beyond the Amazon circle, and now I'm back in the Amazon circle again. Right. So that software is a is a it's a uh, I would say efficiency making software, right? It's almost like a cost saving software. And my in this new venture prophecy, I want to be in the revenue stream. I want to be a money making software. So I think that's a big delineation. Is that you want to? I wanted to focus on a software that's part of the revenue generating aspect of the business. Where you can see a direct impact. Uh, I made some early on mistakes around hiring very senior people based on experience. Expensive, think experience and expensive. Okay. And uh, that was a massive mistake, right? Uh, it wasn't. She she spent. Uh, I'll just say the person spent all of her money, failed, and derailed our growth. And so now I really try to hire, uh, at least in my startup in the phase that I'm at with the team I'm building, uh, I like to hire hipples. That's a high potential entry level person. Okay. Okay. Also known as a high slope, high slope individual, someone who can actually learn at an accelerated pace. And trying to identify those people are very difficult. But when you do, it pays massive, massive reward. Yeah, I know. Uh, um... I've kind of gone through it, not at that level. I know Tomer Rabinovich. You know Tomer. Mm -hmm. I know Tomer. He, that's exactly his model. He'll go out there. He'll uh, hire a person with little to no experience, get them trained, get them to understand what they have to do and how to expand on their own. And um, yeah, he's very successful at that. Now, you're at a much higher level when you were doing Scabana, but... Uh, very interesting that you said that. Yeah, we did that early on at Scubana too, but then we started deviating away from that sort of like what built it, like the, the grit that built the company. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was just, you asked me for some mistakes, right? And so like, I want to hire people who are like inexpensive, hungry and nimble, who want to knock the cup, cuff off the ball. Perfect. Hey, I see uh, Joe's got something here for you. Oh, Joe. What's up, Joe? <laughs> So what does he say here? Long time no see. Don't be shy. Scubana was primo when no one else was. There we go. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Joe. Uh, yeah, no, we worked very hard on the software, dude. It was it was a um, look. There was high highs and low lows. I mean, 2019, right before COVID, we overhired. Uh, our revenue wasn't. We 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 didn't lockstep our revenue as much as with our expenses, and we overhired, and we needed to make a correction in the business. And we did. And then suddenly COVID happened. And uh, of course, e-commerce blew up in a positive way because there was a shift of spending from the retail store to the online store. And we were at the epicenter of that. So we were able to help people flourish in a really turbulent time. And I think the lesson out of that is like, you just never know what's going to happen. And um, sometimes just like, Luck is a beautiful thing, right? We've been working on building the software for such a long time, building it for D2C, allowing brands to come use it. We struggled and then suddenly COVID happens and like the company just really skyrocketed in a, in a, in a positive way. It's very similar to like ChatGPT with Prophecy, right? I've been building AI for a year and a half. ChatGPT comes on the scene and now suddenly everyone's talking about AI. It's almost like the new buzzword like paleo or keto. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right, we got uh, five questions, Kels. You want to start in with those? Yeah, so um, one of them is a, a prompt, a ChatGPT prompt site um, that Chuck was wondering if you've ever heard of or if you've taken a look at before. Uh, let me just see where it is. Uh, it's prompts.chat. Have you uh, heard of that before? I haven't. Um, I've heard of prompt base, which is like a marketplace for prompts to buy. But I have not heard of prompts.chat. Let's check it out. All right. Cool. Uh, Collection from... prompt examples. There we go. I like it. Thank you for sharing. That's a great share. 
right from claudia uh what is chad's pricing strategy for a product launch for a new brand's first product so we actually don't deal with new product launches at all our model is built exclusively at least right now in the phase that we're in is to maximize profitability so if you're in the honeymoon phase of your launch uh, we just don't focus on that. Like we're working with just uh, companies who already have mature products that want to harvest those products. So, I mean, if I had to share a strategy off the top of my head without asking ChatGPT, it would be to get as much velocity and get as many reviews as quick as you can in the first two weeks of launch. And if that means selling at a loss, which is what you're likely going to have to do, it means selling at a at a loss and figure out how much you're willing to lose on a launch to to harvest dollars in the long term. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, and Chuck had a question about the prerequisites for the giveaway today. So um, could you uh, just briefly go over what those prerequisites yeah, are? Yeah. So it's Amazon US brands. Uh, so we don't work internationally just yet. It's new. It's going to be a new frontier for us. Uh, it'll be you at least have to have a stew, an ASIN or many SKUs that are for, for velocity or more so that the model can chew, chew on the data and that there's revenue to optimize and profit to optimize. And that's, that's really it. And we'll do a month free of, of training our model around your data. And as we continuously train it, it gets smarter over time. And those learnings compound and become a competitive mode that you wouldn't have if you didn't use us. Okay. <clears throat> when you're talking about four velocity, what are you talking about, Chad? So, oh, four, four units sold a day. Sorry, on a daily, daily velocity on average should be four units sold a day. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're not selling anything, there's not a whole lot for us to optimize. So the idea is we just want to work with higher velocity SKUs. So four a day is not a lot. No, no. I just want to make sure that everyone is right, aware of right. it. And so, the thing is, like, if you're looking at someone who has a massive catalog, let's just say it's a thousand products, yeah. sometimes you just have these slow movers that don't move well, right? It's not not every single one is going to be a home run, so we won't be able to work with those SKUs that have under four. Whoever gets this is this is a great giveaway. I'm so, sorry. anyways, we'll we'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes. But, um, anyways, yeah. So there you go. All right. So I'm going to be uh, posting that in the comments okay. so everyone can see. Uh, and from Tony, uh, do you still sell on Amazon.com? What's up, Tony? Yeah, so I still have my e-com business. Uh, you know, it's it's been a struggle, right? Like I, I stopped focusing on it for many, many years. After I sold Scubana, I was looking for some purpose in my life and uh, got back into my e-com business. And I took it over officially in October. I uh, pretty much let go of the entire old team. And... Uh, we are now, we just started hitting profitability. It took me three months to turn the business around. So in December, we started hitting a net margin that was positive and has been escalating since then. So thank you for asking. Yeah, we've been, and I'm actually, part of that turnaround was prophecy and actually optimizing around price because our margins have been compressed so so much and we haven't mm. changed pricing the way we we should have been this whole time. All right, next question. All right. And our last question is from Chuck. Uh, have you heard about Google creating their own AI software that has yet to be released uh, for the public? Yes, I have. There was a few podcasts I listened to that uh, there was like a whistleblower because somebody that's very, very close to the Google AI shared that their AI is sentient, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, where essentially has feelings and could actually think without prompting. So I have heard about it. I haven't obviously seen it. I've listened to a few podcasts around that whistleblower and what he shared, which is just crazy if it is true what he's sharing. Uh, but you know, I've, I also saw Bing just release their own AI because they, you know, I think they invested in ChatGPT. And so yeah, this is going to become a massive wave, and it's going to be a arms race around AI. Uh, and it's a very, very exciting time to be alive right now. Right. All right. So uh, last call, if you're interested in the giveaway today, I think uh, Kelsey's even going to join in on this one. But if you're interested in this, uh, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, you'll get a second entry. Uh, Chad, 
if anybody's interested in getting hold of you or the company, how do they do it? Yeah. So my personal email is chad at prophecy.com. That's P-R-O-F-A-S-E-E.com. Uh, profits, you could see. It's kind of like a play on words. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn posting fun things today. I just posted something about fake AI that's out there today where everyone's claiming that they are AI, but it's really not AI. But I'm posting on LinkedIn. I'm posting on Twitter. I'm posting as much value as I can out into the community to try to just elevate, elevate the community uh, and help them flourish. Very good. Okay, Kels, let's go to a sponsor, then we'll come back for the wheel. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors to help keep this podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Jeff Schick Law, Rebate.com, Honu Worldwide, Digital Blacksmiths, Netfluence, Extreme Power, and Startup Club. Now back to the show. Okay, let's go to the wheel. All right, here we go. Here's the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. Okay. All right, so thank you everyone who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. I'm going to shuffle these up and give it a spin. If you are the winner, please email me k at lunchwithnorm.com and uh, we do this giveaway every single episode and it looks like Luke is today's there winner. There we go. Congrats. congrats. Yes, congrats. You got a great one. All right, so Luke, you know what to do. You've won before. That's k at lunchwithnorm.com and uh, we'll hook you up with your prize. Congratulations. Okay. So, hey, uh, Chad, if you can stick around for just a couple of seconds, uh, we're going to leave you and then uh, we'll come back. Uh, you'll be, it'll look like you're, you've been removed from the podcast, but stick around good. I'm if here. you can. Yeah, All right. So Chad, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having uh, me. We went down a couple of different rabbit holes, but they were awesome. So thank you. And I got to get you back on. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcast, click over here. Lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.